Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. My name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. And CJ. Yes, CJ, it's been so long since we had you on the show. I'm back. I think four (laughs) episodes, I want to say. So long. (laughs) Welcome back, CJ. Thank you. Can't keep you away. No, I mean, you try. You've succeeded for four episodes. Yeah, and speaking of which, I'm going to need some band-aids, I think. To stop bleeding. <laughs> she just keeps figuring out how to jump over the electric fence. Yeah. I, I figured out how to use ropes and pulleys so I could get myself uh. inside. Oh, cool. You are, in fact, here dressed in a full purple cat suit. Yes. <laughs> having found a secret way into the house. And yes. this time it's appropriate. I was kind of hoping you wouldn't recognize me behind the mask. But... Right, the, the mask that covers your eyes. Because <laughs> that would be, like, less strange, having, like, a stranger in a latex suit sit down and do a podcast with us than somebody we know. I think it'd be easier for me to accept a stranger in a latex suit rather than somebody I know sitting down in a latex suit next to me without That's context. True. There's some things you just don't want to know. <laughs> well, but, speaking of keeping us away, I am back this week, having been gone last week. I'm very sorry at the last minute I couldn't make it. How did the connection go? Mm. It went. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. It went. <laughs> I, I really, you know... Should have let me in. I'm just saying. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to be in for that, that one. That was our bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we really doubt your um, Digimon fanfic choosing prowess. Right. What was wrong with that one? It had Digimon... Oh my god, if you don't know what's wrong with that one, then I'm never letting you pick another Digimon fanfiction ever. <laughs> you can listen to the episode, Amato, and then you'll know. Oh, I'm sorry you didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed it, but I know nothing about Digimon. It, like, well, what you mentioned to me, not to get too yeah. off to the side, but you were like, I feel like there's so many things I don't know about Digimon. No, that was just things the author made up and never explained. What I actually said was, I feel like I know less about Digimon after reading this yeah, but it Yeah, but that's the thing, is, like, the author didn't really, like, allude to anything in Digimon. They alluded mostly to, like, things they'd made up that had nothing to do with Digimon and weren't in the tone, so. I think part of the problem was that it's part one of three, but, you know. Mm. Ah, well. There's more Digimon out there. We can try again to hit whatever secret magic mix of actual Digimon (laughs) and actual fidelity to the source material. Mm. You know, your strange requirements. Maybe we should just cut our loss at the moment. (laughs) I decided that I'm picking the next Digimon fanfiction. Even if that means I have to actually, like, look into fan culture and try to understand it. I will do it. Mm. For the sake of this. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. (laughs) And there was a point in time in which I was involved in the Digimon fan community, so I think mm-hmm. I can handle it. Great. Got connections. Nice. <laughs> not, not connections, just basic awareness of the existence of the community. Already head and shoulders above the motto, then. Great. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I'm not, I'm not too much better for tonight. Uh, we are reading cattails, or rather, a selection of cattails, because there's a heck of a lot of it, mm-hmm. which is essentially a Batman fanfic, except Catwoman, except also Batman, because mm-hmm. it's yeah. hard to disentangle them. Well, it's about their relationship. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mostly about that. How did you come across this one, Amato? Don't remember. Great. The end. <laughs> <laughs> I seriously do not remember. Um, but 
I was looking for superhero comics-based fan fiction, definitely. I was probably looking for Batman fan fiction specifically. Um, that's about all I remember. Hmm. And let's see, DC Comics is not my strength. I was a Marvel kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know more about Batman than I know about most other corners of the DC universe. I I was on... I followed Scans Daily a lot at its height, and that, that tells you a lot about Batman. That was a live journal community that posted parts of comics. Oh. Hmm. Daily? Um, yeah, pretty cool. much. Cool. It might still be daily, but it's like... It's like five people posting things at this point over and over again. I mean, like, you know, the same five people. It was pretty thriving for a while until it got destroyed and then maybe revived and then redestroyed or something. I don't remember. Sounds like a comic book plotline. But I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was very, very faithful to the source material in that sense. Um, and yeah, you know, Batman. Everyone knows Batman. Everyone knows everything about uh, Batman, right? That's known corner of DC. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I was pretty into the '90s cartoon and Batman Beyond. That mm-hmm. was my jam. I know about Batman through movies only. Oh, really? So. Hmm. When you said you were a big Catwoman fan, I figured uh, it was like from the comics. But oh. you're really a big Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman fan, then? No, just any kind of Catwoman. I don't, actually. Uh, I <laughs> Including like the, Catwoman I... from the movie Catwoman. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I, that was the other thing. I was like, no, not that one. But I draw the line. It's more the idea of Catwoman. <laughs> like, as soon as I, you know, heard about her when I was like four, I was like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> cat burglar woman. Yes, she's awesome, and I wanted to be her sidekick, but <laughs> I don't think she would roll with a sidekick. So. No. Hard to imagine. What would that be like? Some. Spunky orphan kid ocelot. Kid ocelot. Kid ocelot. I like kid ocelot. It would just be a cat. Yeah, that's really yeah, how it would be. Yeah. It really would. Do you think Carmen Sandiego is based on Catwoman? Probably. Um, no, but they should team up. <laughs> I just want Carmen Sandiego to team up with everyone. They though. should be a couple. Basically, she makes everything better. I want a Catwoman and Carmen Sandiego to try to steal the same thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right. Let's write our and own fanfiction right now, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but then they meet and then they fall in love, right? Exactly. Yeah. But okay. wait, wait. I'm glad we're all on the same page. You know, I was going to say, but where's the intersection of cats and famous architecture? But obviously they're stealing the Great Sphinx. <laughs> yeah. Or just yeah. ancient Egyptian blank. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Statue of Bass times 10. Yeah. <laughs> like all the time. Am I misremembering, though? Doesn't Carmen Sandiego usually steal, like, full-on buildings? Uh, Carmen Sta- Sandiego steals anything. Whatever she damn well puts Sometimes in. Carmen Sandiego stole, like, intangible objects or ideas. Did she? From, yeah. like, countries and cultures. Mm-hmm. She's magic. You can do that as, like, an epic-level thief in D&D 4th edition, I think. <laughs> it's like, for Carmen Sandiego, though, the only restriction is that it has to be educational. Like, it has to have some sort of educational historical context. What isn't educational, though? Exactly. Right. Yeah. She's got her bases covered. <laughs> Dom, any background in Batmans? I wasn't big into comic books. I preferred Marvel to, over DC. Yep. But I did prefer Batman over everybody else. <laughs> I was mainly a, a kid of the uh, Bruce Tim Batman the Animated Series. I yep. watched that a lot as a kid. Mm. That was my jam. That was my jelly. That was my marmalade. <laughs> Uh, since then, I've played Arkham Asylum 1 and 2, mm-hmm. the fun games. That would be Arkham really City, good. correct? Yeah. Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, yes. I, I have both games. of those on Steam, and they actually work on my computer. I just don't have time to sit down and play a violent action game now. I mean, they're fine. They're, they're sneaking games if you want yeah. to play it like that. 
there it's Assassin's Creed combat, which is you kind of just sit back and watch it happen uh, and press a button once in a while. <laughs> that's the part I hated about it. I find that combat so boring. But like I I didn't play Assassin's Creed because that was too boring for me. But I played more Arkham Asylum because they had like so many like cool scenes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the one where you're um this when Scarecrow's trying to get you and it's oh. like a weird rotating well house. It, it it's really weird. Hits you with Scarecrow Scarecrow gas and you, and you like go into a nightmare. Freaking out. It's yeah. dying nightmare realm. It's pretty cool. <laughs> but in video games I generally enjoy being a sneaky kitty. <laughs> so <laughs> I like doing stealth things and assassination things. So you and Catwoman too, huh? Now that I think about it, yeah. Because <laughs> like every Sky Skyrim Morrowind type game I always end up playing the the cat so I can sneak around better and see at night. Because mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, because like it's fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, CJ, you saying you really like the idea of Catwoman, kind of, I feel like we're in a, entering the author space a little bit here because mm-hmm. this fanfic was definitely about the author wanting to write their version of Catwoman. Yes. I think. Uh, oh, yeah, Tori, did you have anything to say about your background other than Bruce Tim verse? That's pretty much what I said. Yeah, yeah. And I love Batman Beyond. I no cat um, women in Batman started, Beyond. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I started studying comics later on in life when I became a tar- cartoonist in college. I took a history of superheroes class. I read a lot of classic Batman, like The Killer Joke, etc. Got kind of into that stuff. Kind of pieced together the universe through cultural knowledge. Saw the movies. I w- was never a big superhero comics person the way a lot of people are but i'm probably more versed than the average person but yeah just kind of more off from like a formal like what's a good comic standpoint am mm-hmm. i interested um yeah but i did really like batman growing up so who doesn't like batman i know right so in conclusion we're not the most qualified group to talk about this but that's okay that hasn't stopped us before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we're more qualified than some. Than some, yes. Right. Than so most. Cattails. Cattails is less a fanfic and more like an extensive project. Yeah. And it started in 2001, and this is my understanding, as a reaction to the Catwoman reboot that started in 2001. Maybe 2000. Now, I, I'm not Have enough up on my DC to know whether this was one of those Catwoman reboots that happened because the multiverse got exploded, or whether it's just like... Are you talking about a, a things. comic run? Reboot? A comic run, yes. Okay. This is all very comics-based, this fanfic. Right. Mostly, I think. Mostly. Uh, <laughs> and so the character was changed a whole lot in ways that I don't completely understand, but I do know that the very first story, which we read, is very much a reaction to those changes. And the conceit of this fanfic is... like the, What does the website say exactly? Um, it's like... These are the stories behind the stories. It's like the conceit is that the DC comics at any given time are not accurate renditions of things that are actually happening, you know, actually happening in like the DC universe as portrayed by the author. Mm. So yeah, here this website says, Cattails tells the truth behind the fiction. Um, the life between the panels, the truth behind the masks. <laughs> kind of like that moment in Logan where uh, Wolverine's like holding up the comic books and oh. saying, like, half of this stuff isn't real. Yeah, like yeah, that. kind of thing. That's the idea. Except it's still, it's not like more realistic. It's not that it's not a superhero verse with all the DC comic stuff going on. It's just that the author is kind of 
it's like them presenting their curated version of the universe, it seems to me. Yeah. With, like, not the stuff that they don't like, and yes, the stuff they do like. Right. And, you know, can't complain about that. That's, like, so fan fiction. I think you have to do that with fan fiction. You can't, unless you like everything, you can't take everything, because you, you'd have to, like, internalize something you didn't hate, and that'd just be a, that'd be work. <laughs> that wouldn't be fun. Sure. And that's not to mention, if you're writing about a super the DC or Marvel universes, like, oh my god, they're a nightmare to grapple with to begin with. Yeah. And then when you look at this, this is a long-term project. Authors start in 2001, is still going. And so the things that happened in the DC universe and the Batman corner of it during that time clearly got incorporated into this fanfic. Like, when we talk about polishing silver, like, that's a big thing. But the author is just kind of being inspired by them rather than trying to, like write an ongoing fanfic and also have it match up with what's happening in the comics, which would just be impossible. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's where it's coming from it's as a clever. fanfic. It's a clever way to write a fanfic, really. Yeah. It also seemed like the author just focused a lot on character moments more than a lot of plot. Like, they pulled in a lot of plot details from the outside, but yeah. they made it a character-centered story, and that makes it easy because the characters carry over and are kind of like these unchanging universal identities which is kind of the funny thing about comics, about superhero comics, I mean, um, that the characters aren't really supposed to change very much. They're supposed to go through ordeals, but not actually change. It's just supposed it's like to be a like funny a, way to tell a story, right? Like serialized. You should be able to pick up a comic exactly. and be able to get right into it. Yeah, totally. But it, it, it's the first time I've thought, like, oh, it's both authors are like, character change is crucial to the story, but... These but you can't really have a change that much, yes. yeah. Literally, the first time I've thought that, that's surprising. <laughs> well, that's but. one of the ongoing complaints I know about superhero comic book fans, that they'll really like the way a character was, you know, built up by an author over maybe years, or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a lot of years, or like, you know, certain story arcs they went through, but then they always if not bounce back to square one, at least bounce off at a weird right angle when another mm-hmm. author gets their hands on them mm-hmm. or when editorial changes or whatever. And then the things that they liked about the character are no longer present or highlighted or, you know, even in continuity in some cases. Mm-hmm. And so I, the frustration that leads to writing a fanfic like this is completely understandable. <laughs> yes. And I think, like, to be a fan of those of superheroes, you kind of have to be more invested in, like... I think what the Marvel movies series have done recently very well, like more the humorous and superficial external character beats mm. or the character's backstory, which usually doesn't change. So apropos of nothing, on that. I saw some advertisement for like Costco checks with Captain Marvel on them. Mm-hmm. And the copy said something about like, oh, Marvel's newest superhero. And I had a moment thinking, like, Captain Marvel, this Captain Marvel specifically, has been around since at least the 80s, I think mm-hmm. the late 70s. Mm-hmm. And but, the original Captain Marvel was earlier. Yeah, but who cares about the original Captain Marvel? I know, Marvel? but nonetheless. <laughs> like... but, but then I had another moment where I was like, wait, as far as American cultural is con- culture is concerned, that doesn't matter in the slightest. She may as well be brand new, yeah. because no existence in the comics has any cultural impact Whereas this movie has a huge cultural impact. Mm-hmm. And so, fair. like, she may as well just be a new character. Yeah, the comics are just um, source material for writers that nobody else will ever see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, from what I've what I've read, she's completely different anyway. So. Yeah, well. Yeah. And in a lot of ways improved, so why not? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. brand new. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of her before. <laughs> That's kind of like how I felt what they did with the... Um, 
Big Hero 6 movie. Mm-hmm. Like, the source material was kind of trash and kind of weird. Yeah, they say it was racist. pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. And the, the, they just did their own thing with to take the concept into a new movie. So then I guess that it is sort of a new franchise then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To take the concept of a big hero mm-hmm. six. Of six of them. <laughs> All big. Wait, are you sure it's not just big hero number six? I never read the original comics. I think there was more than one of them, so. <laughs> All right. So cattails. Now cattails, there's a lot of it. There is... There are seven books. It's organized into books. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 75 chapters or something. Mm-hmm. It's still going. We really had to curate what we were reading. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I did a combination of checking with the author for suggestions and just reading the first couple chapters. Because I felt like we really needed to get in on the ground floor and just see like Definitely. how it started mm-hmm. in order to even understand vaguely what's happening. So we're going to talk about four or maybe four and a half of these chapters. And I don't think we need to talk about which ones first. Uh, let's just jump into it, I think. By the way, actually, before we talk about uh, the actual fanfics, we should talk about the website, because it's actually quite a thing. Yeah, it's a seriously well-done project. They have all the books, all the uh, chapters. All the chapters have... You can download them in different um, e-reader formats. I'm looking at this moment on the mobile version of the site, mm-hmm. like which is completely separate. Some of them have audiobooks, which I... I wanted to check out, but didn't have time to. Tori, did you listen to the audiobook of the first chapter? No, because I don't really have, like, an audiobook app on my phone. It's a whole complicated process. My phone is older than it should be. Mm, unfortunate. But, yeah. And I also just didn't notice that, that factor <laughs> until a little bit later. But it would just still would have been even more complicated for me to figure that out. I've tried... Getting audiobooks to play on my phone, it's never worked. So. Well, seems like it might have just been a sound file. Mm. Uh, so yeah, Donald, oh, like, well, like you were saying, chapters... I it was like a Kindle book, so I just didn't even look into <laughs> They also have that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Like you were saying, I multiple ebook formats, or you can read it online, you can read it in Stanza yeah, app, I, I don't know what that is. I did notice that, which is an incredibly... It's like a lot of accessibility for this, and I really kind of admire the author for... Putting it out there in so many forms. I think there's a fandom also because it it's fairly well known at this point that sure. does some of the work. The uh, author was also maintaining it on fanfiction.net up into up until relatively recently in the series, but apparently the formatting, doing it in fanfiction.net formatting also was a lot of work, and they eventually stopped. Um, and oh yeah, each chapter has a a cover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the only so thing about the covers is that they usually. The covers are usually 3D models, and they're sometimes they look fine. Usually, they're too uncanny valley for me. They just they're look a little disturbing. Early thousands graphics. Uh, <laughs> the author mentioned there being some kind of like Second Life um, visitor uh-huh. center for this fanfic, <laughs> so they could very well be Second Life models. I don't know my Second Life. I barely know my first life. <laughs> As a side note, I just noticed there's spinoffs at the bottom. Yes, right. So they include yeah. she- or she or he included. I, I'll just for the record, the author people. identifies as female. Okay. I know she, the the name Chris is ambiguous. Well, Chris D. I was Chris like, D. well, I assumed it was a she, also right. Catwoman, but you know, <laughs> you don't want to assume these things. But um, yeah, she included works by other people as well mm-hmm. as like an addition, which I thought was pretty cool. Anyway. Yeah, the fandom of the fandom. So you can find a link to this website at bit.ly/rfr. 
Cattails. Cattails, is that what I did? Yes, RFR cattails, all lowercase as usual. That is, of course, tails, T-A-L-E-S, not tails as in tails miles per hour. <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Dom? Well, I'm just looking at the cover for the second story, and part of it in the bottom right-hand corner is a picnic basket with a Batman logo on it, <laughs> <laughs> which is an insane level of detail for Batman. Which wow. I <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any of these covers and looking at it on my phone, but mm-hmm. they are very, like... Um, Independent publisher like romance novels, yeah, cover covers, mm-hmm. which is like blended images. <laughs> oh, that's like, amazing! Like exactly what they're like. Yeah. Different yeah. Getty images mixed together. <laughs> so the text, mm-hmm. the first story, at which point I'm sure the author was not intending to do this for you know 15 plus years and write 70 chapters of it, whatever is called. A girl's got to protect her reputation. So that's book one, chapter one. Book one, chapter one, part one, where it all began. What legends are made of. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yes. Um, Anyway, a girl's got to protect her reputation. And this is the one that is very much a direct response to the reboot of Catwoman in 2001, Mm. where she lost the purple suit. She was was more black leather, kind of trying to stay away from the superhero aesthetic a little bit more. Picked up a supporting cast. I really don't know what the specific complaints were, um, but there were clearly some because I've seen this chapter specifically described as a screed against that, against that reboot. <laughs> the story in story. Uh, someone want to jump into describing it? Um, well, first it starts with this nice bit where Catwoman is on the I Am Villains group for the Rose <laughs> Gallery, Cute. where they where they <laughs> organize a karaoke so funny. night. Which, I just love that idea. <laughs> There's so many adorable Gotham Rogues character beats here that are so fun. And who does Catwoman talk to? Um, well, Two-Face, for, I think. She's talking to several of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, Riddler, sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Riddler. It's Eddie the Riddler who is talking to her first and like saying, like, um, oh, you're getting a reputation that you're like, like you're too good to hang out with the rest of us. <laughs> and yeah, it's ridiculous that the uh, no, the that Batman, was Rogues Gallery... Um, saying that, right? Towards the beginning? I never go, I'm not oh, sure. Was Harvey hard. bugs me about it. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. probably my best friend among the rogues gallery, a big brother type, but he can be a real pest sometimes. Yeah. And then he says that. Because like, that was really funny like to think of like think of him being like Catwoman's like big brother type, like <laughs> how they all have these relationships, like their family. It was really interesting. And like Catwoman made a semi inappropriate like coin flip bar about yeah it. i i like that mm-hmm. harvey's bugging her to like join with the go out go out with the rest of the group or whatever and he's like come on I, of course it's gonna be fun where else would i be going yeah because he flipped heads yeah she says because the coin flip came up heads and yeah. like he's he's genuinely hurt by that because Aww. look it's it's legitimately like a psychological problem with him like <laughs> he's actually mm-hmm. you know the but, coin is so important like and she's like oh, oh Har- harvey God. like i that was that was over the line i didn't mean it and like it's a really cute moment I also like the Joker. The main plot here is actually that, like, stories are going around about Catwoman that are not true. Mm-hmm. And, like, that happens a lot, but it's actually kind of more serious this time that one of the Gotham newspapers is publishing all kinds of stories about how, like, oh, she shot the commissioner and, like, she's in jail and all this other stuff. And stealing stuff Catwoman would never bother to even look at, let alone steal. Not even cat-themed. <laughs> yeah. So, how dare they? I, I like that she gets a... Like, even the Joker emails her, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Um, the way he ends it is like, oh, but the things they're saying, Caddy, you got to protect your rep. Fix this. No joke. 
<laughs> she was like, uh-oh. Yeah, she <laughs> this is serious. Pitied by the Joker. This yeah. is serious. Right. I-, I like that the Joker would, like, actually say no joke when he's trying to convey that he's being serious about something. <laughs> <laughs> I also like this, like, there's a couple funny character beats where, like, um, when, like, Two-Face is like, there were half the stories about me and Batman as there were about you, I'd be very worried. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, super catty, but also there's, like, an implication that, like, there could be stories about, like, Two-Face and Batman <laughs> hooking up, which is kind of a funny thought in and of its own. Yeah, that's her response. Is If there are any stories like that about you and Batman, we'd all be worried. But, like, nobody, yeah, nobody, like, thinks, like, oh, that's a ridiculous notion. I just think it's a nice little, like, gay acceptance, but also, like, a funny beat because it seems so ludicrous that the two of them would ever hook up. <laughs> so, the logical response, of course, Well, by... the, like, the, the top, the... The uh, the point that really pushes her over the edge is when Batman references something from the tabloid newspaper. And oh, right. Pops a joke. And this is, of course, during one of their periodic, she is stealing something and he shows up to try to stop her, mm-hmm. which is basically the entirety of their relationship, mm-hmm. except that all those incidents are loaded with sexual tension. Also, I love mm-hmm. that that they said um, his mouth did a weird twitch thing and took... It takes Catwoman a while to realize that's supposed to be smiling. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of good jokes about Batman's facial expressions in those. Yeah. Right. How she describes his smiles as creepy. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they are. Like, yeah. and She's actually, like, that's unnatural. <laughs> I actually think, like, the characters were captured really well, too, because Batman was, like, super awkward when he actually has to confront the idea of having, like, a human relationship. Mm-hmm. It's, like, exactly what she would expect. So Catwoman does the only logical thing. Mm-hmm. He decides to uh, put on a one-person show as Catwoman on Off-Broadway. Of course. Right. Off-Broadway, yeah. uh, you know, so Off-Broadway it is in Gotham, but still. Yeah. She has um, no choice. And, <laughs> it's the only logical explanation. And it's a one-woman show about her life as Catwoman, and part of the reason it's so popular is the ambiguity about whether she's actually Catwoman like, or someone doing a really good Catwoman impression-based show. Because, like, mm-hmm. I could really imagine somebody doing that both in both ways, both like, hey, let's pretend to be Catwoman and put on a show, and also like, these people are crazy, so would they just? <laughs> Wasn't there, like, a point where, like, Batman's trying to figure it out, and he's like, it, she'd be in, like, serious trouble if she was just pretending to be Catwoman, but she'd also be equally as big in trouble if she was Catwoman. The, the tabloids were suggesting that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That the was response, quite interesting. Those responses of the viewers is like, well, uh, she's, yes, she's right. taking a big risk if she's actually Catwoman. Be, oh, no, if she's not actually Catwoman, because Catwoman's going to get angry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's taking mm-hmm. a big risk if she is Catwoman, because she's on stage confessing to multiple crimes every night before a live right. audience. But yeah. also, if they try to arrest her, she can just say it's just an act. Right, she can just say, I'm not actually Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though, because I can't really see how it's a bigger risk if she wasn't Catwoman well, to impersonate Catwoman. Because well, like, Catwoman... Because if you're a fake Catwoman, Catwoman might come and right. you know, kill you. It's or a, something. Yeah, the real Cat Catwoman thing. isn't yes. likely to approve. I was trying to avoid that. <laughs> <laughs> but, I know. That's fair. A girl's got to protect her reputation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so she's specifically refuting all of these stories that are going on about her, and she's telling amusing anecdotes, like going to karaoke with the rogues gallery. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she's also doing is talking about her relationship 
such as it is, with Batman. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, the relationship loaded with sexual tension where he's like, I got to come stop you from doing crimes. And she's like, or maybe we bone? And he's like... (laughs) Um, uh, no. No. <laughs> no, shut up. You're stupid. Yeah. And then just making fun of him ruthlessly. Right. Yeah. She really skewers him on stage. Because well, it's funny. Right. Yeah. It's just super funny. And then there's kind of this unclear moment in all of her play acting where she actually approaches. Oh, wait. Did we, didn't, did we get to the part where Bruce Wayne is attending the theater? No. He, he goes to we, see the show. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. I think that's next. No, yeah, that's yeah. right now. That's yeah. yeah. So Bruce so Wayne goes there. to see it. He goes to see the show. And Catwoman's all like telling anecdotes about how much she actually wants to get with Batman, basically, mm-hmm. but how he is so like, you know, he gives her the brush off and he's such a prude and all this nonsense, like all this stuff, all this real stuff. And then she like somehow saunters over to the seat where Bruce Wayne is sitting and like puts her leg up on the seat. And is like, don't you think I'm sexy or something to that yeah. effect? It's like, would you would you refuse an offer from me? Yes, as walking on the armrest throughout the through the audience. And he's just like, no, of course. Not. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it's like everyone else in the audience turning and staring at him and his yeah. responses right. to it. And I like the last line in that scene, like once they get inter- intermission. Oh yeah. The lights came up and a shaken Bruce Wayne retired to the lobby to hyperventilate into a paper bag <laughs> until the second act began. Please. <laughs> This okay. whole first story is very tongue-in-cheek, and it's very yes. fun. Mm-hmm. Even that, like, that part is, like, she stood now with one lug on his armrest, bent over, and spoke directly to him. I mean, don't you think I have a nice body? He nodded. More laughter. If I came up to you and said, hey, wild bit of passion, no names and no strings, and I'll even bring the whip if you want, <laughs> you'd say what? The laughter rose. Dear penthouse, she prompted. <laughs> And it's just, like, so much teasing of mm-hmm. Batman, but it's unclear if she knows this is Batman at all. Like, she, I think we're, like, <laughs> yeah. Unlike everyone else, she's put it together, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Like. I think that's true. The author never explicitly states it that, not but, like, explicit. come on, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And, no slouch. And so it continues, like, Nightwing goes and sees the show, and he gets, like, the rest of the JLA to go well, see the show. My favorite thing is, like, uh, Bruce's reaction to the show mm-hmm. is immediately driving over to, I think, Bloodhaven it was, right. where um, Dick Grayson is Nightwing. Is yes, that, correct. Am I getting any of these names right? That's all correct. Mm-hmm. Great. And uh, wakes wakes up Dick at uh, like 2 or 5 in the morning, <laughs> and Dick's like, oh no, this is something serious to wake me up. And he's like, and then when finally get there, they get to a diner, <laughs> then Bruce is like, hey Dick, do you think I'm a mean guy? <laughs> <laughs> do people not like me? I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> He makes a LucasArts adventure game reference. A pretty good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he asks, Am I a self-absorbed, self-righteous, inflexible prig? (laughs) Dick suddenly felt like he was playing a LucasArts adventure game. He imagined four possible responses to Bruce's question appearing under his chin. That's how I addressed your Father's Day card. (laughs) Is that prig with an R? Yes. Why, are you having new stationery made up? Or, yes, 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 in the name of all things holy and true, you are the king and lord in the, of the land of self-righteous prigs. <laughs> and no matter which response the player chose, the character would say, why no, not at all, why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that moment in Curse of Monkey Island when the voodoo lady offers to show you pictures of her family, <laughs> of her grandkids, yeah. and you have multiple, like, screaming no responses, and you yeah. always respond, maybe later. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... And this is from uh, Dick's so point true. of view, and Dick's kind of talking about how, like, Bruce doesn't realize that that he's interested in Catwoman 
mm-hmm. in a more intense way than he thinks, mm-hmm. which is sort of the theme of this whole chapter. Yeah. Story. Story. Tale. Yes. I think they're tale. called tales. <sighs> they have to be, huh? <laughs> this whole tale. I tale think you one. pronounce it tales. <laughs> yeah. Other other fun things happen, but we probably need to move through it. Right. Right, so Dick goes to see the show after that, of course, and so does the JLA. <laughs> well, it, so he, does he, everybody. Yeah, right. he hears about it, then Dick calls everybody and says, hey guys, you gotta go see the show. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. She gets flowers with, like, unsigned notes from the various members of the Justice League. Um, and, but the end result of it is that part of her show has been saying, like, oh, well, if Bounty comes see the show, like, he can come talk to me after, after the show, mm-hmm. I'll be in my dressing room, and I'll let you know how it works out. Which is the play thing to do when you know somebody who's putting on a show. <laughs> There's also some cute, yeah. like, character beats with Catwoman knowing, like, the local coffee cart guy in her neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, and she's daughter, like, Bat- like, Batman doesn't, like, care about the city in this way. And, exactly, like, Bruce Wayne yeah. actually goes to the same coffee guy, he right? Does, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is actually kind of a poser guy to go to, it seems like. <laughs> and then how they kind of describe it, like, she says something about how people think Gotham's impersonal. They wouldn't say that if they lived in these neighborhoods. It's sort of like New York, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We get a little bit of that, and it's a nice flavor. I think it adds a lot to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the end result is that Batman is goaded into basically going and talking with her about their relationship, sort of. He doesn't give her what she wants, which is to show up in her dressing room. Right, he doesn't do that. He's like, I'm not Mm going to give you the finale that you want to have. After the show ends, he goes to meet her somehow. Well, yeah, he goes to meet her at a burglary. (laughs) Yeah, he he stakes Uh out an Egyptian artifacts exhibit. Yeah. Yeah. But doesn't he send her a note... Um, oh, at this, in that, I think that's yes. the next okay. chapter, right? In yeah, this case, he's just like, he meets up with her to stop her from burglaring, but kind of engages in banter instead of saying like, hey, stop stealing things, yeah, I'm Batman. Yeah, decides to, be, to engage in more lively banter instead. Yeah, and it's out of character. And Flirty. so she's kind of, yeah. <laughs> right, flirting. Quote, unquote. <laughs> <laughs> and he also accuses her of like doing this burglary specifically, more because she wanted to talk to him than because she actually wanted to steal the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what's the end result of this conversation at the end of this? They realize that the relationship can't go back to what it was before. Right. Mm-hmm. That it has to evolve into something new. What it is, both of them are unsure. Now that she in particular has like aired the problems with it, I guess? Yeah. Mostly being that, like, is one or both of us afraid of commitment? Like, what's going on? Like, and by commitment, I mean any, I mean any kind of emotional intimacy. Like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Slash crime fighter and crime yeah. instigator. <laughs> crime Problem. Instigator. <laughs> crime and not crime person. Criminal. <laughs> crime animal. <laughs> and that leads directly into the second story. I should say the next tale, because uh, I think that's our nomenclature, mm-hmm. is called Normal. This is not one where I remember the blow-by-blow, but I remember, like, the general vibe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things are weird. Well, it starts out with Catwoman having sex dreams about Batman. Yes. Like you do. Yeah. I mean, clearly. (laughs) Only human. (laughs) And she's just like, no, no, no. (laughs) And then she gets an invitation from Batman himself to come uh, meet him. And it's very forward. Yeah. 
Um, they're going to the opera, mm-hmm. by which we mean the roof of the opera yeah. here right. in Denver. <laughs> no, they're going to an outdoor concert. Oh, is that right? Which they watch from a distant roof. Yeah. Oh, okay. I actually really like this like early part of it. Like Catwoman like talks to herself a lot in yeah. these fan fictions, and they're all really funny. Um, like the early part, she's just like trying to go through her thoughts of like how she is about this whole Batman issue, and she's like talking to the Luffa inside her shower. <laughs> she's just like, oh, yeah, first talking to to the reflection in the mirror, and first talking to themselves, yes, and the reflection right. in the mirror, then the Luffa, then the cat. And she's like, the cat. bitch, I thought since there's no mirror inside my shower, explain to the Luffa that Batman <laughs> is what we call in the box in his thinking. He sees the world in black and white, yeah, and on and on, and she goes on and on to the shower Luffa. We should probably be calling them Bruce and Selena at some point because, like. Mm-hmm. And that is how they start to think. Well, at least how Batman has been thinking of her as Selena for a long mm-hmm. time. Well, mm-hmm. we're just incorporating both of those personalities. And, yeah, yeah, anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll explain that. Let's go through By this. the way, the note Batman slips Catwoman says, Good morning, kitten. You always get to pick the time and date. That's perf- That's patently unfair. Tonight, 9 p.m., roof of the opera house. I'll be, I'll be there, if you will, unless a real crime intervenes. Just good morning, kitten. And she's like, yeah. what do you mean real crime? <laughs> hey, yeah. I'm a real crime. <laughs> I'm a real criminal. <laughs> she's also She also has mixed feelings about kitten as a nomenclature there. Yes. That's fair. I would also like yeah. to say that agree, um, the, it, they explicitly say the Lufa offers no comment to her situation. Oh, good. I like Very important. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So they're having a date on the rooftop. Uh, Batman gets pulled away by, like, some crisis quickly. Well, they're listening to a whole um, Giuseppe Verde, Verde um, suite of songs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like a, is it a practice? Because it's yeah, it's a rehearsal. It sounds rehearsal. It's a rehearsal, it's it's a rehearsal like a so fight. it gets broken up, yeah, by a diva yeah. fight. And then mm-hmm. Batman has to go and save somebody, somebody on stage yeah. from being crushed by something. Man, actors, right? You know. <laughs> And during that time, Catwoman does what we find out later Batman thought she would do first, which is drop down to the, was it a museum? The the local jewelry store. store. Hit up a jewelry store. She's like, fine. I got left behind. I guess I'll go like steal some shit. She's like, like, oh, there's a cat-shaped something over there. I'm going to go grab that. And he had anticipated that and like left a basket for her to bring up to the picnic. Right. Because he didn't think that she'd show up just <laughs> straight. So he so left he a thought, note yeah, there for she her. Yeah, she that first. And this is important in terms of her thinking of him as being more playful and like less of like a straight-laced, stick-up-his-butt-like right. um, boring person. Mm-hmm. And it square, leads... Square, I think. Is square the term. is the term, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it leads into them like actually hanging out and talking. Mm-hmm. Both of them were kind of bit sappy in this i think mm. that's how it came across as bruce was pretty sappy yeah because like after having one good conversation with her he's like head over heels and partly it's because he he gets complained at one point about how like i i haven't been able to talk to any like woman mm-hmm. at actually uh, forever yeah and there's he points this out really... that he can't yeah he can't date smart women as yeah. he says because they you know they're too inquisitive so he dates bimbos as he calls them yeah, bimbos get was thrown around, around gonna a lot mention that. Yeah, yeah the word bimbo gets used a lot it's mm-hmm. really not obviously bad. offensive it's not um, great yeah. it's not good the author did not have a good grasp of this but the author seems to think there's an entire archetype of 
not smart, beautiful women and doesn't seem to acknowledge that like a lot of what, you know, that whole bimbo quote unquote thing is, is people like women playing down their smartness Mm -hmm. in order to be more appealing to men. She just kind of accepts that there are women who are just dumb and pretty. That you know, whatever. Okay, in Batman verse, probably. Well, I was yeah, saying they're going just, off it's the. It's also pretty offensive. But they're yeah. they're going off the comics continuity, right? Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised that that was in universe. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That, but, I know, but, but, but but if you're picking what you cool. like from the text, yeah. that's not a thing you have to pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, even if he's dating like quote a smart woman like he can't actually reveal anything about himself exactly. or any genuine emotions for fear of like his secrets being found out and all that he can't talk about all of his batman problems <laughs> which is first important. world batman problems <laughs> i i, I want to say you want to have somebody that you can share like not just half your life but i i think batman's the batman half of batman's life is more than half <laughs> yeah especially if you yeah. consider the um batman beyond episode where they have somebody who like puts a transmitter in like Bruce's head and tries to convince him he's Bruce's inner voice. Mm-hmm. They said then they they asked him later, how did you know that wasn't you? It's like because I don't call myself Bruce in my head. Mm. Right. Oh, <laughs> I remember yeah. that distinctly too. That was like one of the most like <laughs> that was a great button. On this that is a episode. great episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, this is actually this fan fiction does a lot of uh, Bruce starting to wrestle with him having a real human relationship with a quote-unquote smart woman and that meaning revealing his full identity. So, so he just well. loves being able to chat. A yeah. costumed equal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They start like hanging out just like at her apartment or whatever and chatting. And I think, I feel like we can kind of skip the climax of this, which is that he takes her to a like remote vacation, like for the ultra oh, super yeah. ridiculous rich. And yeah, I, I like island. his I like his reasoning where it's like criminals use this too, mm-hmm. but he doesn't tell anyone else about it because like he, he his justification is like if I told Clark about this, yeah, then, he, yeah. then he would swing by at some point to look for criminals here, and then the place would be ruined, <laughs> yes. and I wouldn't be able to use it. <laughs> <laughs> He also says a lot of the He's other superheroes um, couldn't really afford it, which is probably true. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, it was called Xanadu, which is our. Second yeah. Xanadu reference in a fan the, <laughs> Is this where they, yeah, they explicitly yeah. state, like, that if you're familiar with Xanadu, you're either familiar with the Kubla Khan reference or you're familiar with um, the uh, house and, um, why am I spacing? You know what I'm talking that about. Movie. The well, movie Citizen that's really Rosebud. Citizen Kane, yeah. thank you. Yes, Citizen Kane. <laughs> My the, brain just broke for a second. Rosebud the movie. Or you're familiar with the Gargoyle saga, the long-standing yeah. Gargoyle saga. I was actually familiar with the Xanadu houses <laughs> I, they I created mean, in, like, the 80s that were, like, these piped-in foam circle structures that were supposed to be, like, self-sustaining houses. Anyway. So, it, it's a vacation. Um, is this the time, actually, where, like, Alfred like, basically forces him into taking a vacation. Yes. It's pretty he great. He uses ex-Robin, which is Dick Grayson, is now Nightwing. Nightwing is right. that right. correct? That's correct. Oh, yes. <laughs> Feels okay. good, doesn't it? So, <laughs> yeah. so he calls him up and he's like, you're going to give him a Father's Day present of giving him a vacation and going on his <laughs> patrols because obviously he can't not patrol. Yeah, <laughs> right. like, and it's a super sweet moment that, like, the Robins, the former Robins even, mm-hmm. give him Father's Day presents. Mm-hmm. Like, kind of makes the relationship dynamic more explicit and kind of very sweet and familial. Yeah. But, yeah. but the great thing is that after doing that, he goes to Bruce and he's like, oh, so it's, um, you know you have your vacation next weekend. And Bruce's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and Alfred says, 
you know, Master Dick and Master Tim, that would be Nightwing and Robin, agreed to cover your patrols as a as a gift, and you said yes, and we were all very happy that you accepted that. And yeah, Bruce like, is like, I'm pretty, <laughs> yeah, Bruce is like, I'm pretty sure I did not agree to any of that. And he's like, no, 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 we, you definitely did, because last time they tried to surprise you, and that didn't work, because you didn't have enough time to figure it out, so they right. told you beforehand, so you agreed to it beforehand, so now, and, last and, time. And there's a moment of doubt from Batman, like, <laughs> from the world's greatest detective, where he's like, sometimes yeah. I do just kind of say yeah, and blow off what people are saying to me. <laughs> Pretty much oh, Alfred, you diabolical genius. Yeah. Exactly. It's pretty much been established at this point that Alfred knows all the buttons to push. Okay. He's literally known Bruce since he was like a baby, right? Yeah. So... He's like God of the Batverse, and, basically. Yeah. And, and, and the best part about that is that even that's not enough for Bruce to be like, fine, I'll take a day off. And so Alfred pulls out the big guns, which is like, well, you know, I very rarely get to take days off, and I was looking forward to my vacation. <laughs> and so oh, it's so just like... <laughs> So it's like he wins. Yeah. It's so funny because I really hate that sort of passive aggressive manipulation. But when Alfred does it, it's mm-hmm. like almost endearing. It's like, oh my God, you're just trying to get him to like be good to it. himself, like perform self care. I know. Yeah. It's, there's nothing you can dislike about that moment, I think. He's like, you should go on a vacation. You know who you should invite? <laughs> we all deserve an Alfred in our lives, don't we? Uh, right. And, and so that's how he describes it to Selena. She's like, you're taking a vacation? He's like, I was tricked into taking a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're going to come with me. We're going to Xanadu. <laughs> yeah. and, and they go to Xanadu and they get to Bond. And mm-hmm. the, the moment that's really cool there is that he, after talking a while, he just comes out with these... He, like, he, he's trying to form an emotional connection. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, mm-hmm. you know, my parents were shot in front of me by a mugger when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And her, like, she has a moment of gears turning in her head <laughs> before she reacts. And she's like, you know what? Probably, like, everybody else in his life sees, like, kind of, how does she describe it? Well, it's like, she it calls it, like, she calls what Bruce said a conversation stopper. Right. Yeah. Where it's like this, Bruce would say this, that would be uh-huh. the end of the conversation and everybody would just feel sorry for him. Right. It gives him the ultimate moral authority. Yeah. Because like, by virtue of this terrible, terrible thing happening to him. And like, she knows it's terrible, but she's like, I don't want to be another person in his life who is just like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. and have that same dynamic. Yeah. And I think this actually like, to me, was the biggest point in favor of the author's attention to the characters, Mm -hmm. which was understanding that dynamic, which, you know, when you hear the author say it out loud, is so clear. Like, Bruce says, my parents died. Everyone gives him pity. He never gains anything from that other than, like, kind of sycophantic sort of stuff, you know? Or, like, self-justification. Yeah, Yeah, or self-justification. Like, and and at first, Selena, to completely understand that that's not a form of respect, Mm -hmm. but rather a form of, like giving him a way out of experiencing his real feelings or, like, having real human relationships is, like... And they summarized it very quickly and very well. I felt it was a huge props to the author for that moment. Yeah, I thought it was insightful. It was yes. a moment that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the moment when the author made me believe, yeah, they're a good match. Like they're mm-hmm. a good match. Yeah, because, like, Catwoman would be the only person who would hear something like that and just kind of blaze past it kind of in a blase matter. She's like, should we go down that fork or that fork? Yeah. Like, that's how she <laughs> responds. And she actually, like, 
I know, that's funny part, too. Yeah. She's just, like, it's kind of almost metaphorical or something. I'll race you. Yeah. <laughs> and Bruce is like, no, my parents stopped. Hello. Hey. <laughs> is this on? Hello? She literally takes that pause. I love that the author paid that attention. Like, she takes the pause to think, you know what? I do feel sympathetic, but it wouldn't benefit him or me mm-hmm. to show that sympathy in that moment. Mm-hmm. Like, she thinks it all the way through, which is cool. She does. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, they bond a bit more, and they... I think they tell, tell tell each other they're Bruce and Selena. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I my impression well, in this continuity was... that Selena's not her given name, but it's the name of the identity that she goes by, sure. like that she uses. And he knows that he's already. Been known that so he yeah. says, that while, "You can yeah. call me Bruce." Right. Oh yeah, so he shares his identity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now at this point, we had read the first two chapters. Mm-hmm. Before we read this, because there were so many chapters, I contacted the author, and they threw out a few names of chapters that they said were relatively standalone and relatively representative of the eras of this fanfiction work (laughs) because it's been going on since 2001. And what they said was a relatively standalone story that was representative of this first kind of era of this fanfic was this story called Fun and Games. It's the shortest one we read. It's pretty short. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is... (laughs) It's a one-part one. The other ones we read were five parts. Yeah. Is this what you call a shaggy dog story? I'm no English major. Because, like, it has an end like point. Like a red herring? The, well, it, has a, it starts with an end point, which is that Bruce and Selena are doing sex role play of Catwoman breaking into Wayne Manor. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, how, yeah. did, how did we get to this point? And then you have this whole story that does not relate to that at all until it reaches the very, very end where there's a conversation that leads to it. And a, right. In media res yes. thing. Is that... Well, what's the term I, for that? I'm not sure what that I'm, is. It's I'm not, not sure. a shaggy dog. No, okay. I wouldn't call it that. Um, That's a good question. Hmm. It's an know. excellent question, yes. In movies, if anybody it's, it's, knows, please uh, put that in the comments. In movies, it would be just in media res, where you start. Okay. Yeah. Well, but that's how you're supposed to start a story, is in media res, right? I mean, it, like, it breaks up the timeline, but I don't it, know... Theoretically, yeah. you can. We're gonna go with that. The, the type—it's <laughs> not a type of story. So. Okay. It's a type of intro where it's just like everything's happening, then then it stops, and there's a record scratch. It's like, well, I bet you're wondering how I got here. Yeah, like <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Right. <laughs> just because the story starts in Mandarin doesn't mean it has to backtrack. So. Right. I. But yeah, that we, is a, an interesting point. We should find that out. We <laughs> see that they've started a sexual relationship. Congrats, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the, the standalone tale I found pretty amusing. It was fun. It was pretty fun. Yeah. And there's a lot of little details like about the restaurant they're going to that, like you were talking about, kind of like are fleshing out Gotham as a place. It Gio- feels like... Mm-hmm. Giovanni, the restaurant owner. <laughs> right. Like It feels like the author is going to some lengths to kind of make Gotham a character in a lot of these stories. Not all of them, but a lot of them. But the main body of it is that they're on a date mm-hmm. at a classy, classy restaurant. They're, Bruce and Selena are on a date. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if, uh, first we have this, the whole, like, uh, Batman and Catwoman interplay that we talked about. Mm-hmm. But I, I just wanted to point out that I think it's unclear in a certain way, like, and the, the story's a standalone, that when Catwoman breaks into Bruce Wayne's manor, if she knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Which is Because clever. he's trying to play like he's Bruce Wayne. He keeps thinking, right. what would Bruce Wayne do? Like, the, you know, billionaire playboy 
character, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it backtracks to how they got to this point. Right. Mm-hmm. I think at the end of the first scene, though, they do make it clear that it was a role play. Oh, yeah. They, they kind of but, have yeah. the role play scene and then, like, the post talking about it. Yeah, to yeah. me, I was sort of like... Because I we were this was like several stories ahead of where we were. I was sort of like I don't know what the context for this is. I don't know if they're supposed to know. And I do think the author did a good like clever job of mm-hmm. being like nah, I'm not sure. Massage might also have just been a an effect of us jumping around and continuity. Perhaps, pa- but hardly. It's but I think contrived. I think that was kind of the intent to yeah be confusing. Yeah, be a little confusing. It's the front. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I love the next beat, which talks about fleshing out the story of a. Giovanni Danuzino. Danuzio. <laughs> Danuzio. The, uh, o- the owner of the, one of the most trendy Gotham restaurants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who just likes to pick and choose what people uh, they will accept reservations from and where to s- set them and where in order to get the best coverage in the media. Right. <laughs> right. Placing them like ornaments. Yeah. <laughs> it's interestingly, like... Um, fleshed out character, like not fully obviously, but we get this whole perspective that Todd mentioned from yeah. the character's gets, perspective for a little while. He gets really offended because Bruce Wayne decides to show up way too early for it to matter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's so, no one's way to see Bruce Wayne there yes. dating someone. At, at like six six in the evening. Yeah. He got all excited <laughs> when he asked Alfred, who was making the reservation, is you know Miss Kyle going to be joining him? And yeah. he was like, Yeah, I'm gonna get to like show them off in my restaurant of the super elite and like do this. And then when right. he hears the time, he like gets really petty and bitchy <laughs> about it. And part of that is because he realizes that Selena Kyle might be Catwoman. Yeah, I think it's a Selena so Kyle. Like, it's public that she's the one who did the show. Find out, and yeah. I want them to find out at my restaurant exactly. that yes. they're dating. Yeah, yeah. but then he hears yeah. the reservation list for six. So when Selena arrives, he says to her, Oh, we won't have a table for an hour and a half. And she's like, <laughs> We've got to make a curtain at eight. So he seats them at like a corner, like dark table. Lounge. That's just yeah. lounge table. It's just like totally like that like brush off slate. Why do you gotta that, be like, like that, Giovanni? Some sort of like very like bitchy gay mater D would do to you, like the brush off. Which they realize. Yeah. Yeah. Of but, course. But, but they don't Bruce really care. Like, whatever. Yeah. It does mean care. they're not immediately cited when the Joker and Harley Quinn come in for another reservation for a meal. Mm-hmm. It is their anniversary dinner. They're always on again, off again. They're currently on. Mm. Yes. It is only their anniversary, <laughs> according to Har- uh, according to Harley. Right. Yes. They're currently maybe on. It seems like Harley is saying, if you want to get back together with yeah. me, yeah. then. Right. There's some sort of reconciliation off screen yeah. or something. So, yeah, like... Uh, both Bruce and Selena are listening, and like Selena's trying to hide behind her menu, which comically she has turned upside down until Bruce flips it for her. Also, Bruce's first instinct is to see what Joker's normal normal person makeup looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, what does it look like? Because he can't look behind yeah. him. And he says that out loud to Selena, and she's yeah. just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, that, that was so... his first thought, right? He's like. Does it look like he's wearing a wig, or does he dye that hair? Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, are you fucking joking? Like, just let this go right now. It's an important <laughs> question, though. <I'm> <laughs> and her, her first thought is that if Harley sees me here, she's going to come over and try to talk to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just funny, because, like, Selena literally is to Batman, like, are you, are you joking? But, like, she has kind of similar thoughts, like, please let me avoid this awkward social interaction sort of situation. And this whole time, Joker and Harley Quinn are Bigger. arguing over <laughs> yeah. when their anniversary actually is. Joker thinks it's in June. Right. right. And June 4th. According to her, it's September, which it, is this date. Apparently October? September, yeah. Or... Uh, uh, September. Autumn. September, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and 
so the and they and what I they guess... end up doing they, they overhear oh, there's a lot of details here yeah. yeah like the joker's on his best behavior for a completely random reason because um harvey told him Harley. 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 <laughs> yes, the, the Joker's not dating Harvey. <laughs> That's a different fanfic, sorry. That's a different fanfic. You know, that happened to me, too, though, in, like, the earlier story when, like, Harley was mentioned and then Harvey was mentioned in the next mm-hmm. paragraph. I had to backtrack and be like, oh, okay, completely different. Got the it. The author was like, yeah. yeah, Harley's Marilyn Monroe giggle, and I, I read it to Harvey, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Dr. Quinn mentions to uh, Joker mm-hmm. that Joker, you can't kill anybody tonight because you didn't recite um, Lord Tennyson's Ulysses before you left the house. Yeah. Joker's like, ah, of Which, course. Because <laughs> he's crazy, insane I guess. Insane justification yeah. for it. But the fact is, Joker is insane, so any reason is just as valid as any other reason. So if you proffer a reason and Joker accepts it, then it's just as valid as an actual reason. I read that paragraph three times. It does not make sense. <laughs> no. That's his point, though. <laughs> That's the Joker. Yeah. Well, I also found it a little offensive. Like, one of the only nitpicks I have with this author is, it's like, insanity makes you think that if somebody tells you a justification for something, you will believe it. And this is, like, a blanket insanity. I know, but... What insanity is that? You Joker know? insanity. Yeah. Like, like I, you know. He fell into insanity. I don't sure. Know. He fell into bad insanity, yeah. <laughs> That's obviously it. <laughs> I, it's comic books. It's not. I know. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's obviously derived from the same criticism I have of the mentally ill villain. Yeah. Because, you know, as people with mental illnesses, you know, right. I think we all get that. But I was just sort of like that. This. Even for, like, the, the most, like, weird, like, abstraction of mental illness, I still can't make sense of that ideology. But yeah. it was kind of funny. It makes no sense, but it's funny. Yes. And yeah. what they decide to do is, like, they leave and they come back as Batman, Batman and, Catwoman. and Catwoman. And they go up and act really friendly like they're meeting them on a double date. Yeah, uh, the, they oh, go yeah, to a second location to a like, Penguin's Club. Literally uh-huh. just to fuck with them. Just to fuck with them. They just right. follow them. They just follow the them, Penguin's man. Club. <laughs> it's really funny, like, in a certain way. And it's also really messed up in another. Like, I want to talk about that in the yeah. next fanfic also. Because you've got... I mean, we're talking about it right now. They literally, like, say they deliberately gaslighted Joker. Yes, they and do. And I'm like, <laughs> This is a... Right, okay, so there's the deliberate gaslighting in general. Mm-hmm. But also there's the, like, who is the Joker thing, right? Mm-hmm. And this is one of those weird double-think things you have to do as a Batman fan, encompassing multiple continuities, mm-hmm. where, like, is the Joker, like... I, I mean, even... Even, what's his name, uh, Mark Hamill Joker mm-hmm. is, like, more deadly than the Joker is being portrayed here. Like, they're taking him as kind of like, no. oh, like, messing with the Joker rather than trying to, like, keep him safely away from other people and putting him behind bars again is a reasonable thing to do sometimes just for fun. Yeah, like, sure. he's a kind of a wacky Though, figure almost. I also feel like it's a little sinister, like, just to insert this for a second, then you mm-hmm. go ahead, but... It's like the killing joke in which the role reversal happens at the end and mm-hmm. Batman is laughing and kills the Joker and like laughing and like shaking him. It's the role reversal that the Joker incites into which like people who try to participate in his world get violently like and delusional in certain ways, mm-hmm. I suppose. I see. This this felt like that to me. But yes, yeah, but speaking of the killing joke and was that killing joke or Dark Knight Returns? Mm. 
But anyway, speaking of the killing oh, wait, joke. Was that Doctor Returns? Where he kill- I thought that was the end of the killing joke. Yeah, the killing joke, yeah. He didn't kill the Joker in the killing joke. It's off screen. Yeah, I thought he did. Does at he? the very end. It's off screen. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, that's his snap when he's like shaking him. Okay. It's off screen. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Purposely open ended, but clear, he, right? he pretty much kills the Joker. Yeah. Okay. So, in any case, we've got that Joker being talked about in the next chapter we're going to be talking about. Like, in the next story we're going to talk about, which might be our last one for tonight, mm-hmm. the Joker is serious business. Yeah. And he kills people, and it's not funny. This is the Joker that killed one of the Robins previously. Right. Yeah. But not in this fanfic. This is not like Joker who killed the second Robin, Jason. This is not that Joker. Batman can't be responding to that Joker in this way. Grappling, like, it can't grappling be. Grappling with this, mm-hmm. I was just like, this is a fanfic, and I'm just going to just yeah. let it happen. I, I, I'm not because saying it's I a don't... problem the author came up with. This is a problem of the Batman franchise, of like people yeah. wanting to use the same character in multiple mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. Yeah. So they're talking more to like the Adam West Joker here than right. the actual right, Joker. Right, right. And yet, I think that's the funny part to me, is that it strangely had the reminiscence of Killing Joke Joker, which is a very dark... Because mm-hmm. that's the one where... Um, Barbara, Barbara, Gordon. Barbara Gordon gets paralyzed in, in a wheelchair. It's like a serious thing. Like, he does a lot of damage in that. And then, theoretically, you know, Batman does kill him. I, I do think the end's open to interpretation, but a lot of people who study it believe that he's killed by Batman. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, my main point is that, like, there's a parallel in this fanfic, but it's way more lighthearted. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, Batman teasing the Joker. Right? So stuff like where Batman says he can't bust him because he whistled the entire score of HMS Pinafore before he left the house. Uh, yeah, and the Joker mm-hmm. has no response. The Joker's just like, uh, okay. But he's also like, what is happening? And then he asks, are you going to arrest me? Then he responds in a German phrase in perfect German. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then w- one last try of the Joker trying to do small talk is, Catwoman's quite a babe. And Batman says, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the scene ends with... The women returned, and after a few more minutes of mind-bending socializing, Batman paid the check, Catwoman said we must do this again sometime, Harley said she was organizing their karaoke night, and Joker hailed a cab and checked himself into Arkham. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's it's lighthearted. It is is funny. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then there's a conversation that leads into them going into sex role play, and it right. really has nothing to do with the rest well, of the story. Well, it's also about deciding when their, when their yeah. anniversary is, because they both consider oh, yes. different things their anniversary, That's which was true. the problem with um, Dr. Quinn and Joker. It was right. also she, really funny. She was considering the mo- the first romantic gesture, and he was considering the first crime they did together. <laughs> of course. And it was the same <laughs> totally for Batman and Catwoman. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. So the next part is Polishing Silver, which is book three, tale 11. <laughs> Yes. Of the whole series. So whatever number that actually is. Yeah. Um, and just like the author said that fun and games was relatively standalone and representative of the early stories, mm-hmm. Polishing Silver, they said, was relatively standalone and representative of kind of like the mid-stories. Now, it is longer than all the other three that we talked about combined. Mm-hmm. And that's very fan fiction for things to get longer on average right. yeah. uh, as mm-hmm. they go along. That's what happens when you don't have a dedicated... Editor. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I have to make a straight up confession that I only made it through one and a half chapters of this, even though I found the intro to be really intriguing. Do you had technical difficulties? Actually, yeah, my phone kept dying because it can't hold a charge anymore. So mm. blame the phone, not me. End of story. Well, that's unfortunate because Polishing Silver is from Alfred's point of view, and therefore it's the best chapter. I mean, the character I, everyone yeah. wants to know from ever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I absolutely like. I felt so upset when my phone died in the car while I was listening to this. 
because I had my charger, but when I plug it in, it just makes a whirring noise. It was just very upsetting. Well, it's basically Alfred being the puppet master, pulling strings behind everything, now, <laughs> which is great to watch. Yeah, okay. sometimes more so than others. Like, Or I should say, sometimes he has to do more work than others. Right. What this is centering around is mostly the funeral and various mornings around that funeral. Like, I mean, not, not mornings in the day, like people mourning. The funeral of the fourth Robin, uh, um, uh, Stephanie Brown. The spoiler. Well, formerly spoiler, yes. right. then fourth Robin, Stephanie Brown. Yeah. I, thought you, I thought you were warning us um, of a spoiler at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there was a really poignant line in the first chapter um, where it was like something about um, if one Robin suit is displayed in the cave, you know, it's a memorial, and if it's more than one, it's a graveyard. Right. And Alfred says that. Now, it's very By the way, about, about Alfred, there is a uh, Pennyworth TV show coming up sometime this year. Yeah, I'll watch that. Right? Heck yeah. About ex special forces character. <laughs> Tori, I'm glad you keyed into that line. It's very early in the fanfic. It mm -hmm. is. Um, and th this is, of course, the second Robin to die. Later on in comics continuity, both of them will be alive again, but let's not worry about that. Wait, both? Oh, yeah. Oh, my it's God. It's comic books. It's comic book Nobody's story. I forever. I mean, there's... Maybe Uncle back, Ben. Okay. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. I guess I'm glad, but I always felt like the, there was a finality in the death of... Um, Jason Todd? Jason, thank you. There's been so many Robins, my brain just goes... It wasn't Dick Grayson. It wasn't... Okay, yes. I always thought there was finality there, you know? Like, it's been such a plot point for such a, so many of the stories, like a character point. For, for me, I remember it's Jason Todd, because Todd is German for death. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm going to remember like that like that memory well, palace yeah. trick. <laughs> mind palace. <laughs> Welcome to my mind palace. Ooh. A little bit dusty. <laughs> Tori, you keyed in on a very important line in this fanfic, yes. that early on where Alfred's thinking, well, kind of musing about what Bruce is going to do down in the, the cave there, because, yeah, if you display one Robin costume, it's a memorial. If you display two, it starts to become a graveyard. Mm -hmm. After the death of the character, Stephanie Brown, in the comics, she oh, didn't no. die at all like is described in this fanfic, by the way. It was much more exploitative. So huh. did, did she die in the comics and not in the story? She died both in the comics and in the story, mm -hmm. but in completely different ways. Okay. Hmm. But... A lot, her fans were very upset. Not just because the character was killed, but also because there was no memorial put up for her in the Batcave in the comics. Yes. In fact, they kind of, like, the comics seemed to sort of wave her death aside in ways that, like, Jason Todd's death did not get waved now, aside. Um, That's rude. And so th yeah. it very, it's very rude, and her fans were very, very upset. And I'm sure the author was one of those people who was upset and wanted to address that in some way. Though I would be very surprised if there did not end up being some sort of memorial to her as well in this co fanfic continuity. Because mm -hmm. there's got to be, you know. Now, um, was Stephanie the Robin from Dark Knight Returns? No, that's a different okay. female Robin. I, I wasn't clear on that point because I didn't remember another female Robin. I just wanted to clarify. I'm she let was you Robin. Guys take the wheel on this. <laughs> she was Robin in the comics for a hot second, which okay. is another complaint about about how she was treated in yeah, those story I arcs. Yeah, I didn't remember the, that girl Robin being Stephanie, or don't no. remember her name, but... When I, I say she's the fourth Robin, I'm not counting alternate continuities. Mm. Um, gotcha. Yep, yep. And so anyway, the fanfic is kind of revolving around mostly the funeral. Uh, this character, by the way, Stephanie Brown, 
was formerly the costumed crime fighter, the Spoiler, which is pretty... I don't know how I feel about the name, but her costume was pretty great. It was very purple. I liked it. That just makes me think of, like, spinning rims. Right? <laughs> so as I Spoiler. understood it, her dad was, like, a crime boss, and her deal was just calling the cops. Keeping off the like, cops about what he so was doing. she's just yeah. a narc, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Also, I don't I know don't, if that's a super thing, but sure. <laughs> I don't think we've mentioned, but this entire tale, chapter, whatever, is framed as Alfred's personal journal. We did not mention that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, All right, she couldn't have been the Robin in Dark Knight Returns because he's old in that. I didn't even, like, consider that for a second. Mm -hmm. And I think we've actually kind of discussed the format of having a personal journal as a story narrative device in our uh, Harry Potter podcast, Mm -hmm. The Very Secret Diary. (laughs) And the same sort of problems there uh, show up here with problems such as when you have, want to have a conversation with direct quotation, it doesn't make any sense when you're writing down as a journal. Mm-hmm. Right. You wouldn't write down in a journal. It's like, I said da-da-da-da-da, and they said da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you are so on point that you are an English super butler. Or if you are so dedicated to acting, even though you're not an actor, Just, and you want to write dialogue. <laughs> that's like a I, By the for, way, um, I learned through this that Alfred wanted to be an actor. Yeah, he has an acting background. This actually reminds me, I recently rewatched Arrested Development so I could watch the new season, which mm-hmm. reminds me of, like, the character who just wants to be an actor but, like, isn't doing it but always says he is an actor. <laughs> yeah. Which always felt like just, like, the most humorous thing to me. As an actor. As an actor. <laughs> he's never done any real acting, but like, okay, as an Tobias. actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if we're and recasting... And then that's the comedy, and I feel like that's real because a lot of people... Yeah. If we're recasting Batman with Arrested Development characters and Alfred is Tobias, then <laughs> uh, obviously... Um, Joe would have to be Batman just because that character does the voice. The like voice, Batman. yes. Well, That's true. wait, who's the straight man then? Like, um, I mean, what's his name? What's the main character guy? Yeah, that guy. Michael. Michael, yeah, Michael. I was going to do Michael <laughs> as Batman. He's so boring, so you just forget him. Well, yeah, but Batman Michael can be boring. Michael could be... Robin, I'm just saying. All right. <laughs> also, Michael Starr is the voice of Robin in the Lego Batman movie. Uh, oh, is that right? Yeah. It all ties together. I didn't realize oh that, that connection God. before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh my God. Secrets uncovered. <laughs> so, Polishing Silver. Mm-hmm. The plot of what is actually happening in the fanfic is first that there's a funeral service being arranged, memorial service, separate from her like actual family who are not superheroes, but like a a memorial service among the superhero community. For the supers, yeah. The Bat family, which was then extended to the superhero community by Clark Kent. And then later on in the story that Tim, who of course was Stephanie's boyfriend for a really long time, is sort of like leading a charge to like find her killer and, you know, Batman as well. And like, what's going to come of all that? Mm -hmm. Um, And it's explained at some point that their breakup, Stephanie and Tim's breakup, it was in some way connected to her death. Was that from the comics? Because that no. seems like a... That's not? No. All right. I wasn't a fan of that convention. Yeah, me neither. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, I never actually read those stories, but I, you know, Wikipedia did. And it sounds like the circumstances are completely different. Um, that her death is also kind of like laid at her feet, like her fault a little bit in the comics. But it's more because... Batman doesn't trust her to be a good enough Robin, and she's trying to prove herself, and, like, bad things happen. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, the point is, Alfred's awesome. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> yeah. a lot of this fanfic is Alfred just having really good character moments with a whole bunch of different characters. Yeah. And cats. 
And, and cats and sometimes, yes. Puppet master. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I don't feel like we need to go through this chronologically, but like at one point, Clark, which is to say Superman, is visiting both to like help Af- Alfred get like the food that he needs. Yeah, that was an interesting character thing because yeah. he mentions he always buys groceries at the same place at the same time mm-hmm. and that he needs to buy groceries for the um, memorial service they're having. But in order to... Bu- in order to do that for the food, they have to buy groceries there, and that would be noticed by the weird French guy he knows. <laughs> <laughs> it's all he weird buys French guys in Gotham. At the same time every oh, or week, Italians. same time, but same place. This is a special occasion that's yeah. super secret because it's superheroes, so yeah. he can't do it. So his answer is to call Superman and have him buy it from him from the same place. <laughs> <laughs> Which Superman, by the way, doesn't do. No. He like flies around the world and gets calls and favors for he different food items. Yeah. Does he right. fly around the world backwards so time reverses? Does he go? <laughs> there before he ever knew him and I by hope the so. Actually, he saves Stephanie Brown from dying in the first place, and all problems are solved forever. Um, <laughs> we know he can do that from Superman too. So definitely can't. We can't go down this hole where the time turner also resides. We just can't. Are do you it. sure? <laughs> Sounds like more fun to me. So instead, Superman decides to visit the friends he made up in Maine, who give him a lobster. Goes down to his uh, farm in Smallville and gets some fresh veggies. And on the way, the he swings he by Scotland up. and Scotland. tries to pass it off as I just was flying the over. <laughs> the winds carried me. Yeah. yeah. For, for some scones. My cake got caught in some seagulls. It's also kind of implied in the background that this whole drama with Batman trying to find the real killer is going on. Mm-hmm. And the only parts you see of it is Al- was when Alfred goes in the room and like gives him tea or like a. Uh, changes his wardrobe and just hears bits of what's going on. So it's kind of implied there's a Batman plot right. story happening in the background. A Batman story is definitely happening. And sometimes you get kind of the progress summarized. Yeah. Um, but what I was going on with with Superman, with Clark and Alfred, is just like um, there's kind of a tense conversation between Bruce and and Clark that, that Alfred gets to interrupt with tea and therefore calm it. Right. That was and, a fun part because he, he was started pouring coffee when the awkward silence happened. Right. And he and goes like, a couple paragraphs where he's like, well, I can't leave now. That'll because, make it more awkward. Because I can't not pour half a cup of coffee. I have to pour the rest of the cup in the other cup. And I can't pour any faster because it's hot liquid. He's like, you, he's like, when you start pouring a liquid, it takes a certain amount of time. Yes. And I can't just serve half a coffee to Master Bruce and none to his guests. Yes. Whereas those like, <laughs> those character beats for Alfred that were so poignant, like they felt very real. Like mm-hmm. you could experience that feeling. They were... Like this is what I must do, and I must do it in this way. Mm-hmm. And it led him into so many like weird little, I don't know, moments it or made blunders. Him so Alfred, because he yes. was like, well, I have to do this, so I might as well turn it to my advantage. We don't get to see <laughs> that much of Alfred as a person. Like he seems like a very sympathetic character a lot in the comics and the media, but we don't get to see this much into his head very often. I thought this was pretty good. I also kind of like seeing someone who enjoyed doing domestic duties and like had neat treats, tricks pride. around it that they were really yeah. proud of that they liked doing. It was pretty fun. <laughs> Seems... He can't be a caped crusader, no. but he can like push them all in the right direction. But he, he, Furthermore... Yeah, he can use a tea cart to carry all the silver at once and he actually makes allusion to the, this, like, the famous, like, butler idea. In yeah, the he says he's, he's a fan chapter. of the Jeeves and Wooster books. <laughs> right. <laughs> because for him, there's something very noble about being a butler and providing care for someone who does something very important is equally as important. And then we see the justification for him and his role. 
and it works. And when works Superman's when Superman's on his way out, what I really like is like Superman's like, oh, thanks for kind of like defusing the situation back there before. Mm-hmm. And Alfred says, no, of course, Master Clark, that is merely the function of the domestic servant. Mm-hmm. And you know, Clark has this moment where he's like, Alfred, I, I don't get it. Aren't <laughs> you? I don't get this whole butler thing. Aren't you pretty much everyone's dad, not Aren't their butler? Like, I dad? see you as a father figure. And he was right. like, no, I, I that's love, not what I am. I love the response <laughs> to that, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's look it up, I think. I, 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 remember, I remember it paraphrased, but you can find it in as exact you for it. Yeah. Basically, it, it made me feel like he was like, you might look on my position as something that's lower than or, you know, nothing to aspire to, but it... it brings me a sense of fulfillment and in a way he has more power than you might realize being in the position that he's in i felt like like just to kind of piggyback off of that this is exactly reproductive labor this is like Mm. the labor that is traditionally ascribed to like women in our society it i mean obviously butlers have been a thing but it is that sort of caregiving labor Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was just like giving importance to the idea of providing emotional and just like literally physical support to someone else's life as a very important role to play. Because mm-hmm. honestly, this is the labor upon which the world turns. Yeah. Really. Correct. Yeah. And, yeah. And Alfred is proud of that. And I think that's a really nice. Exactly. Nice yeah. Yes. Clark says, I can't understand that. He said, finally, I just can't, Alfred. I always think of you as more of a father figure around here. If I may, sir, I said, relieving him of fork and cutlet, presenting him with a fresh plate and slice of shortbread, I submit that you are, perhaps, simply uncomfortable with the notion of domestic service. Although I assure you it is a most dignified vocation, and in your discomfort, you perhaps seek to modify my role into something more familiar. And I think that's totally paid, because of course as a Midwesterner, Clark is un comfortable with the idea of a butler of like a domestic servant it's also like if you raise him you're the dad right or you're the mom right but it's also like totally it's also like uh, people always talk about alfred like okay that has to be batman's dad but it's like this is a different sort of relationship and that's okay also right where it's someone else who raised you was not in the tra- traditional role you're used to, but still just a good, well, as good and fulfilling role. It's like, you're an alien, man. Open your mind. <laughs> <laughs> and again, in the sense of, like, this is reproductive labor, like, Clark probably had his mom, like, clear his plates and stuff. And probably he when he was in granted. high school and yeah, totally yeah. capable of mm-hmm. doing it. Mm-hmm. But because this is a man employed to do the work, it's treated differently. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, where Alfred starts to kind of break down gender boundaries and like other boundaries you know i'm not saying it's not still classism at work yeah but it's definitely something to consider that this is if he chooses to take pride in that it's pretty it's dope. just also kind of a reminder that family comes in different forms yeah right correct and they can come in ways you're not familiar with and that's just as fine it doesn't need to be recontextualized in a way that you understand to make you feel better right yeah and i thought it was great for all those reasons and because clark is kind of standing in for a lot of fans there yeah as saying like <laughs> okay but alfred is his dad though right, right? <laughs> <laughs> which and is he's a, like shh no yeah. <laughs> yeah. just let just it calm be. down right. yeah um now, a lot of this fanfic is Alfred being the perfect human being and, like, defusing social situations. But he's not usually the one solving the problems. No. Most of the time, it's him saying, like, no, you can go talk to the other person. It's your role to go talk to this other person now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so 
like three examples off the top of my head are like he talks to Selena when she's like, what if Bruce gives up hope after this? And he's like, I'm sure that you, as someone who is his significant other and understands him very well, will get him back on his feet. Mm-hmm. And impulse at the at the that was the speedster he yeah, was talking to. It's such a good scene. I love that because like speedster <laughs> tried to give Alfred his whole tortured uh, comic book backstory, and Alfred was having none of yeah, that. Yeah, like, nope. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, Alfred's been through that. Like, he knows. And also, it's just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I- impulse Bart Allen is like, I don't know what to do in this situation at a, at, a, at, a, at a funeral. And Alfred's like, no, you're fine. Go support your friend. Well, he's he was like, like nobody not... knows what to do at a funeral. Right. He's, he's like, like, no, you don't understand. I was I was raised in an altered reality in the future. And I was like, no, stop it. Like, <laughs> stop making excuses. Yeah. You're not just go special. support your just friend. Just go support your friend. Everybody's yeah. worried. Everybody's concerned. Yeah. <laughs> That's Alfred's power is to see anybody's situation and just be like, to normalize it. To yeah. just be like... In the same way we saw earlier in the previous story with Selena being like, um, okay, Batman, your parents died, moving on. It's like to just be like, this might make you special in some way, that's fine, but right now, if you're using that as a tactic, Mm -hmm. I'm not having none of that. And also, you're still a person. Right, you're still a person. Like It makes people even feel better because they're being normalized instead of treating as exceptional or special. Especially these characters who are self-exceptionalizing treated as exceptional. And this is why Batman needs him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is his superpower. In my opinion. <laughs> yeah. That and polishing silver. That, yes, and polishing silver. <laughs> the, the, the patina from the old silver is still there. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's maybe even a little hammered home because it happens at least once more with, what is it, Jean, Jean, Jean-Claude, Jean-Luc Picard? As, <laughs> One of them. Asriel, whatever. Where he's like, Claude I'm, Van Damme, Luke Picard. <laughs> he's like, I'm worried about Cassie, who's the second Batgirl in this continuity. And like, because, you know, I can relate to her situation being raised as like an assassin. And, you know, I, I'm worried that she's going to turn her back on feelings when her mm-hmm. best friends just died. And he's like, great, go talk to her. And he's like, no, I can't talk to people about this stuff. And he Alfred's literally like, says, you do it. And he's like, no. Alfred's like, no. <laughs> Alfred says, you are talking about it. So you can, in fact, talk about it. Go talk about it. Which is literally like how you treat a kid. Like, yeah. when you were with kids you know they're always like you're like can you get your jacket up no you do it i'm like i think you can do that actually and then they do it and it's like good job you did it i'm so proud of you i've seen you do it you you, you, you have can do it, it yeah you are doing it now why don't you do that for me no you can do it oh good job that's exactly right. it. good yeah. job astral and, and the other part of it is like he's like he shoots several of these characters like impulse he's like look if you don't know what to do with yourself go eat a sandwich at this at the food bar yeah and, and astral he's like Look, go go take some food like over to her, like eat some food together. That's yeah. that's human bonding. Yeah. Alfred's other it. thing is trying to enforce positive sense memories. Right. I, oh yeah, he does oh, mention yeah. that, doesn't he? Yeah. With, yeah. The, with yeah. tea with Selena. We had that conversation. Selena. Yeah. And sandwiches and food and sandwiches. Which is funny yeah. because he seems kind of skeptical of the idea of sense memory in the first chapter. But he keeps on getting reminded of it. Right. Yeah. Right. He he says at one point like he was skeptical to begin with in his acting training when they were doing these like newfangled like. Stanislavski method. Right. Yeah. But then he's like, but now hearing the rattle of the the tea cart mm-hmm. that Miss Wayne mm-hmm. had last used, Martha Wayne. Yeah. I told him to use it to bring all the silver in. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just hearing that like flashes him back to her yeah. really heavily. And he's like, I, I get it. I get the sense memory thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so he does a little bit of that with Selena when she's worried and yeah. she's like, he's, he says, why don't we make some tea? And she's like, why? Why are you so obsessed with tea? <laughs> what does that do? That doesn't do anything. Like, just come in. And they start talking, you know, and he's making the tea. And uh, he's like, next time you make tea, you're going to feel a little bit comforted. Like, <laughs> you're going to understand what this feels like, you know, why we do the tea thing. Yeah. I would say that in this, like... Alfred's more a maternal than paternal figure, if mm-hmm. anything, in this. Sure. Like, he just provides the ultimate caregiving, like, that guidance for everyone, as if they are children. And he's showing them how to walk in the world. And it's great, because he is an older person and gives gentle guidance. I think it's very sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And the most work here is about Bruce and Tim, and, like, how they're both reacting to this, and... There's the whole plot with, like, actually facing Cassie's killer, which I cared less about. Yeah, there's a whole Batman storyline going on in the background, which I cared less and less going on. Yeah, we can just kind of skip over it, I feel like. But he does kind of have to engineer an excuse to go talk, to, like, get Tim to relax and talk to him about it. And also, uh, Catwoman and Batman have a fight, and Catwoman leaves for a bit, and he engineers a way to get them back together. Yeah. Yeah. A lot lot happens. It does. Well, it's long. Yeah. Um, and, like, the Tim thing, it, it, he combines the two. Like, driving out to see Catwoman at her cat preserve, yeah. he, he gives an excuse so that, like, uh, yeah, Tim, you have to drive me because I my, oh, my leg is hurt. Yeah, hurt. yeah, his real aim is to get Tim to talk to him during the drive. Yeah. And he's like, well, I guess we'll go talk to Catwoman. Like, well, we'll I'll, I'll, I'll say I want to go talk to Catwoman and mm-hmm. you have to drive me. Oh, my leg hurts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if anything, as a uniting thread existing throughout these stories, it's the fact that Alfred contrives ways to get people <laughs> to talk to him. Like, he, he says, and I think it's in this story, that one of the ways he gets people to talk to him is by bringing breakfast in the morning. Even if he knows, like, they're going to go to breakfast somewhere else. He'll bring the tray in, mm-hmm. you know, and then he'll, because it gives him a reason to pop in mm-hmm. to linger. If start somebody, the day, kinda, yeah. literally, if somebody has something to say, he will be there for a second and they will lay it on him. Like, he never has to say, hey, do you want to talk? He's just like, I am here. Mm-hmm. And the presence is known that he is available. Mm-hmm. And that's Alfred's whole persona. It's very relatable. It's like this helper figure. It's super sweet. I like that Alfred never is concerned with why a conflict has started or what the problem is. Alfred is only concerned with reconciling and getting people back together. Yeah. That's the only yeah. part that they care about or the only part they try to find out information in order to do. Yeah. Oh, Alfred, where are you? <laughs> now, why aren't you in my yeah. life? <laughs> now I only want Batman stories as framed through a domestic Alfred. Term. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just, again, like, felt this character to be the most relatable. I've never felt that about Alfred as a character so much. Like, I always kind of liked him, but this personification, like, this interpretation of Alfred felt like, hey, that's me. Like, very well written. The helper, right? Also very well written. This being theoretically a, you know, Batman, Catwoman-focused series of fanfics, um, he does have a moment when they're visiting Catwoman, and, like, she's kind of... In her cat attack, by the way. Cat, it's called a cat Is that how you pronounce it? So I was, cringe. I was like just trying to think of it as cat or something. Well, habitat, I thought. So. Habitat, it's like cat attack. Cat attack. Okay. okay. Instead of a place where you live, it's a yeah. place where well, you cat. Well, she is about the cat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, yeah, it is. He, 
he expresses frustration internally, though obviously not externally, mm-hmm. about how both Bruce and Selena seem uncomfortable expressing caregiving. Yeah. And they have those urges. They just like somehow think they're like too cool for it or something. Basically. They have and to recontextualize within their own paradigm. Right. Too hard for they it. Too, too hard like, for it or whatever. They've sublimated it through yeah. their individual traumas and experiences. And so and for, he sees that. Yeah. And so for example, Selena kind of setting up Tim with one of her cats that one he of her that, favorite cats. That, that she knows is gonna lick his scars her, is like yeah. her version of like actively showing caregiving. Yeah. <laughs> her, her most maternal cat. Right. She's I guess. <laughs> Let the cat do it instead of her. <laughs> yep. So basically, it's like, it's a lot of Alfred. It's a lot of good character moments. And as such, I have very little complaint about. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe a little bit too much. And I spent too much mental effort trying to, like, figure out how this interacted with the actual comic continuity. Oh, I just ignored it. I, I suggest that as the way to go. That was definitely the way to go. <laughs> That's the way I had to do it. I didn't know anything. I was like, okay, there's all these people. I was aware of things I could have looked up, but I actively didn't. I just pretended that I was listening in on conversations about strangers. I didn't know. <laughs> it was fine. It's always kind of fun, I think. Yeah, I, actually, it was... I was filling it in myself. <laughs> Actually, it's just more focused on the characters than anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this story makes you do. Yeah. It makes me wonder about the author's description of it as relatively standalone. But I guess they mean standalone in terms of not interacting with other chapters of Cattails. Yeah, you, you could definitely read this by itself. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are familiar with Batman comics from the 2000s. As much as anything else. Or if you don't care, you know. <laughs> or if you don't care. If you're just like Alfred. I mean, I think... Yeah, it's one thing to say, and I didn't read all the way through it, I did notice there were a lot of references, and I picked up on those, and I recognized where they were from, and I was like, that's a lot of references. But um, I also think the character moments stand alone, too. Like, CJ, you seemed like you felt like you didn't... (laughs) Well, I felt like they were really real-to-life. Like, true-to-life, I mean. So I, I could engage with it in that way and not really need to know the background. So yeah. I was like, this is relatable. Yeah, there's a yeah, good balance about most of the characters being not great communicators, but also not so messed up that the situation can't be fixed by someone saying, like, hey, like... Hey, just talk to the other just person. Just talk to the other person, yeah. right. Especially, or share a sandwich. Just give them a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. Now, finally, there was one more story that the author gave as a recommendation. Um, and this was as a rep representative example of one of the more recent stories in the series. Now, remember when I said that Polishing Silver was as long as the first three stories we read combined? I remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that other story, Gotham Rogues, mm-hmm. is as long as the three stories, for, as, as all four of those stories combined. Mm-hmm. Longer, I should say. Mm-hmm. Polishing Silver and those other ones. They just get longer and longer. Which we just didn't have time to read in, in a week. Yeah, long story short, we just else. didn't read Gotham Rogues. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine with me because I think it was published in 2008, and that's not retro anymore. No. <laughs> I agree. Too it's recent. Too Ooh. recent, yeah. I mean, maybe next uh, April Fool's episode. <laughs> I'm a little sad because I read the first page and it looked like there was going to be a lot of Riddler in it. Yeah. And I'm I'm on board for Riddler. I was actually kind of intrigued. I was like, ooh, they're setting up some stuff right now. One of the uh, images to that page is a, uh, looks like Second Life character model <laughs> with a Sopranos logo that says the Gotham Rogues. Mm. <laughs> there was going to be Riddler and there was sex, but not sex involving the Riddler, mm-hmm. which is just as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any Batman character I want to see involved with sex. 
How do you feel about Bruce and Selena? Uh, I'll accept it as a convention of these stories, but uh-huh. it's not my favorite thing. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Gotham Rogues, we're not talking about it. I'm sure it was very good. I, I mean, in general, with this sort of thing, the writing gets better over time, right? It really did seem like, yeah, they had kind of found their... They got into the pace of it. Yeah, right. that's what happens when you write and you write and you write for years and years and years. Yeah. Probably yeah. I mean, especially first you suck so. at something, and then you keep doing it, and then you get better. Yeah. yeah. That's what happens. Correct. Which is why all of our new podcasts are just downright, flat-out better than the old ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I mean, I actually know whether that's true. It's pretty true. <laughs> I'm here, so obviously it's there you great. Go. That makes it a lot better. It's not exactly... It's kind of a low bar to step over, not. <laughs> <laughs> Man, there's nine parts to, to this last one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we are. It's hard even to talk about cattails in general, but of the stories we read, mm-hmm. final thoughts and comments. Is there anything we want to complain about from the ones that we read? I mean, just the if. If a Catwoman and Batman is a ship you don't like, you cannot read this entire series of stuff. That seems because true. Because this is entirely a Catwoman-Batman ship. Yes. I believe there are stories that do not revolve around them, but I'm as sure a... it's a given in the background. Yeah, absolutely. As a, as a work, it is definitely primarily that relationship, right? And as I mentioned, it's not exactly a ship I'm interested in. I think it's more fun when they're just kind of flirty acquaintances that's mm-hmm. more interesting i think the way they take it into a uh, a positive domestic relationship is uh I, I was pleasantly surprised i think a mm-hmm. lot of that can go really south really quick really insensitively <laughs> yeah for me writing wise all of my issues with the early ones were kind of washed away by the uh, Polishing Silver, the, the Alfred one. Yes. This author is clearly getting better as as she writes. So, and and her ideas have been really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're fun to read. I think the ideas have been consistently fun. Yes. Maybe Normal, the second one we read, was the least fun. Yeah. But I feel like that's like, like Dami was saying, if you're into the ship... Mm-hmm. Those are fun ideas. Yes. Right. If you're not into the ship, it's just like, okay, if you're having a date but or whatever. I was sold on the Catwoman one-person show. Yeah, I, for sure. That that got my loyalty until death. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Apropos of nothing, CJ, you asked whether Batman Catwoman was canon. And, um, <laughs> yes. It, Has for, this ever been canon, I yes, guess? Yes, it, it the was. Comics. The original Batman, as in the Batman from, like, Detective Comics number one, mm-hmm. m- Married Catwoman. Okay. And then their universe was destroyed. Oh. But, <laughs> That's a bummer. But their daughter survived. Okay. But she got a different backstory. Oh. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> what? How? Uh, blah, 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 blah. Sure. <laughs> Magic wand got it next. Yeah. 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 So, you know. Yes, uh, it has been canon for some Batman. Batman? <laughs> for some Catwomans. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, back to things we did not like about the fanfic. Tori, it, it came up a few times that some of the things with bimbo, some of the things with, like, mental illness, they're inherited from the original source material, but yeah. it's, it doesn't read well. No. No. It's not a good look. Um, 
when those sorts of things show up. It's not, and but uh, honestly, like compared to a lot of things we've read, for me, it was relatively minor. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, it's still upsetting, but it's like uh, a lot of the fiction we've read has been way worse in terms of having those sorts of things present. One of you know those were obviously sticking points, but they kind of they flew by a little bit. Um, the weirdest part to me was actually like kind of what Dawn brought up. Like if you don't buy into the Batman and Catwoman ship, this is hard to read. Mm-hmm. Though, however, I feel like I could buy into the Batman and Catwoman ship if it was done a little bit differently than this. Like I feel like I have in other stories. I think they did a really good job selling it. I. I have an interesting take on that. Like, I think that they worked really hard to sell it, but at the same time, there were a lot of moments that felt like over-justifications. And that being said, I really enjoyed the stories, and I think they're really fun. Catwoman was a very developed character in this. Batman was not as developed. I felt like, it's like, like that was where the sticking point occurred, is like when Catwoman tried to understand, like when Selina tried to understand Bruce's rationale, it almost seemed like, his whole split identity of being Batman and Bruce kind of got in the way of their relationship. I felt like it should have gotten in the way more. Like, there should have been more conflict. It felt like they sort of easily, as soon as Bruce kind of went, like, I want to be with you, Catwoman, Selina, it came together a lot more easily than I felt like it should have. I can agree with that. I think if I were to change anything or ask anything more of this, it would be to have more of that of that conflict before they actually get together and to make it feel more real to me yeah um but once they're actually in the relationship i felt like they the author did a really good job of dealing with real relationship problems in an interesting way which was engaging so agreed yeah yeah and and just to like add one more detail on that i just feel like it was definitely like the lack of detail in the Batman Bruce thing, because he's so split apart. Like, Selena was so confident, and she, like, so clearly didn't like so many elements of his character. It didn't feel quite as believable because she was just like, come on, Batman, like, man up, like, do this, like, do this better. And then he never actually did, and yet she was still into him, and that, that was the weird part. Yeah. Yeah, as a, as a side comment to that, it, it definitely had that trope of, like, we're fighting because we like each other, and then suddenly we're, like, in love. And it's that's not yeah. how it happens in real life. That's not a healthy relationship. Correct. <laughs> yes, correct. So, you know. And then there's still no explanation of how they got there. So Right, yeah. right, right. I also kind of didn't like how they glossed over the early part of the relationship where they kind of were at odds with the crime fighter, crime stopper uh, relationship, where... It seemed like Catwoman was doing a lot more acquiescing mm. than Batman was, which didn't really seem like an equal or, or even interesting relationship. Or true to their characters. Yeah. Really. Now, some yes. of this might be because we read such a small selection. I noticed, for example, yeah, in the description yeah. of, um, of the first book, like the fifth story is called Such an Idiot. And the description says it was only a matter of time before Batman realized the implications of his new girlfriend's criminal connections. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure some of these are addressed more than we saw. Yes. I would think. That's a good point. I hope so. That, that'd be nice. Mm. Yeah. I agree with that, though I do think that we can, like, sort of see an element being played on some of these stories where they go 
straight from completely not understanding who the other person is to being totally like playful and on the same level. And I feel like we don't get an in-context explanation for how they can make that shift. Even in just the first two chapters you're saying. Yeah. I I understand that complaint. Hmm. Now that's what we were thinking about Batman and Catwoman. How did we feel about Catman and Batwoman? (laughs) Even better. (laughs) (laughs) Who's Catman? Like I know Batwoman. She's a lesbian. Catman's a good character. What, What can Catman do? Uh, whatever a cat can. Sleep <laughs> in the sun. <laughs> Stretch out. This is good. <laughs> Not real, but I appreciate it. Uh, uh, cat man do. Okay, I got it. I get it. Oh, right. It wasn't good. <laughs> no, it was... I'm tired, but I still think it was good. All right. Anything else we want to praise? I think we talked about the general situations being entertaining. We talked about the character moments being usually on point. Like, I mean, enjoyable and on point. Mm-hmm. Anything I, else? I think I was just kind of charmed altogether. There's something interesting and charming in most of these stories that just I enjoyed reading. I had fun. It's an interesting... I feel like you don't often see this balance of somebody putting so much work into something and also not taking themselves very seriously. Mm. Like, you could see this being, like, some sort of magnum opus that, like, the author is really, you know... Right, a, a grand work they're Right. Making. It's definitely a work of love that has turned into, like, a giant piece of art <laughs> over time. <laughs> Which, I, you know, I admire uh, this author's dedication to this ship. Yeah. Over yeah. however many years it's been. 18? Uh, 2001. Yeah. No, that would mean I'm, I'm older than I thought I was. No. <laughs> <laughs> you just think of yourself as 18, right? Uh, that's generous, yeah. <laughs> I think these stories were, like, super fun and funny um, in general. There was actually something I wanted to read, but my phone just died because that's been happening, as I mentioned. But my, my main thing, too, is that, like, actually if I picture these in my mind as comics, as Batman comics, they actually come together, like, really well. Like, all of the kind of criticism I have of how it jumps between lighthearted and serious, mm-hmm. if I picture it as, like, single-beat moments in a Batman comic, actually make total sense. Like, you know how a superhero comic will be, like, very dark and serious and then have that one comedic line. The one panel that's different. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you just lost it because it's a comic. Because this is a different format, I feel like it reads a little differently and feels a little bit weird. But... In that sense, the author did really attempt to capture that tone and that feel, and so I think it works in a certain way. Weird yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, it also makes total sense coming from that tradition to be like, okay, here's how we're treating the Joker in this story, and here's how we're treating the Joker in that next story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's okay for those to be completely different if you're a, a comics fan. Yeah, like you're used right. to it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think if I had a little more background in. Batman in general, or if I had read more Batman more recently, because as I think of it, it makes more sense. It, it would have maybe made more sense in tone. So I I think the author really was on to something. You need to go back for another course in Batman studies. Correct. Yes. Actually, you know, I did get an A plus on my, um, my Batman paper in college. <laughs> it was a formal analysis of... Um, Killing Joke? Killing Joke, I think, yeah, Killing Joke. You sound like somebody who has done a research, a paper on the Killing Joke, yes. Yeah. Specifically. 
Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Dark Knight Returns or Killing Joke, but I think it was Killing Joke. I think it did both, actually, but I think got the A-plus in the Killing Joke paper. <laughs> Not to brag too much or anything. All right. <laughs> I'm just going to let that hang for a moment. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> just get that out. And that was the Killing Joke. <laughs> I'm, tw- I'm almost 30 years old, and my achieving moment is... <laughs> Kidding an A-plus on a paper about the killing joke 10 years ago. I think mine was working the phrase can't man do into a conversation. <laughs> yeah, I actually really appreciated that. So. Even if no one else did. Well, I'm going to be sorry to leave Cattails. I've had the Cattails theme song stuck in my head all week. Woo. Yeah, you know, life is like a Thank hurricane. Thank you for saying that. Here in, <laughs> here in Gotham. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, no, 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 no. You I, I, I made that joke, I think. Last time? A couple times ago, at oh, least. Dear. Yeah. Well, as long as we know you made it first, Dom. Well, no, it's just been going through my head. I just I'm sorry. Made it out. <laughs> just kidding. It's the telltale heart being underneath the floorboards. <laughs> I feel, I feel the telltale joke. Very understood now. <laughs> <laughs> just the soft beating of woo. Yeah. <laughs> and then Batman snaps the Joker's neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I'm, I'm imagining us going back to... Catwoman having a like sidekick, mm-hmm. perhaps some niece who she saddled with for unclear reasons. Nineties <laughs> cartoon fashion, some perhaps multiple death. nieces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she could be like three. The, <laughs> the niece and Ducktail. Mickey only has two nephews. I think two is acceptable too. Uh, anyway, <laughs> CJ, thanks for coming back on for Cattails. You're very welcome. Uh, our next fanfic. <laughs> is going to be the very first episode and no more we just can't read that much of dragon ball super z which is a some 90s dragon ball z continuation by are you sure it's not supers no but the bitly is going to be bit.ly slash rfr super z like supers (laughs) it is from the 90s so maybe it is supers Mm, um written by a pair of authors, Ju Hachigo and Mirai Bulma. Mirai Bulma, I should say. And just that first chapter, it's like 30,000 words. I think we can handle it. Um, that will be episode 33. This was episode 32 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Cat Tales, or rather a very small selection of Cat Tales, written by Chris D. from 2001 to Current. You can find our link there at bit.ly slash RFR cattails. Tales, T-A-L-E-S, all lowercase as usual. The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. And there is now actually a reason you might want to go there, which is that Dom set up tags for the various episodes. Yeah, that was like uh, 30 minutes well spent. (laughs) So if you are looking for episodes about specific topics, and let's be honest, I cannot imagine the listener who is listening to every episode of this podcast. It would have to be literally me. I think. <laughs> or also if you're interested in uh, hearing every episode that had a uh, guest host on it you could find it that way too yes if you're only interested in cj there is a tag <laughs> for episodes it? with cj yes come on or like mm-hmm. it's more like you can look at it and you can see oh hey let's see all the digimon episodes they've done and then you can click on those links and apparently be very disappointed I'm sorry, but... <laughs> 
Good point. Aren't I the one with the Canadian high school fan base, though? I just want to put that out there. Yeah. There's no tag for you, Tori. You're in every episode, literally. Yes. Only CJ fans here. Yes. Okay. I think Tori is the only one that's been in. I think Tori and I have been in. Yeah, I was, I was, so far. that's why I was looking around wildly, because I was trying to figure out if I literally met in every episode. I you think have. that's true. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot easier to scan if you're like, I want to see something about Ranma or Star Trek or Harry Potter. And statistically speaking, you want to see Harry you Potter. You want to see Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> it is quite clear from the statistics that we Harry should just Potter. be doing a Harry Potter podcast <laughs> and ignoring all the other fan fiction. Or I could do that. Alternatively, a Tory podcast. Oh, statistically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People have listened only to episodes with Tori in them. Yeah. Exactly. Right. See where I'm going? <laughs> I agree with you. If you have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, please contact us on Twitter at RetroFanfic, or send us an email at RetroFanficRetrospective at gmail.com, or leave comments or reviews on Apple Podcasts, or whatever. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. And I'm CJ. We're just four Earth life forms trying to be nice to each other. Until next time, take care. Bye. I love you. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>do the Batman voice. That's what I want to know. Not me. Maybe the Resident Evil. <laughs> Dom, there was an episode of Justice League Unlimited, so Bruce Kim Batman verse. Oh. Where who's the villain? Cersei, I think. You know, like like the witch, like historical evil Cersei or whatever. Like in the Odyssey. Yeah, like that Cersei. She turns Wonder Woman into a pig. She's running around Gotham. All kinds Just of things like are happening. In the Odyssey. But the end <laughs> The end is they're confronting her at a, at a nightclub and she's got like some, you know, hypnotized people and she agrees to turn Wonder Woman back into a pig if Batman goes up on stage and sings and they've got Wait, like, they, they, they've got the scene from of, a pig. They, they, yeah, back from a pig. Not into Just a pig. Checking, like... And then there's the scene of like Batman up there at the microphone, like standing there all Bruce and Batman <laughs> and he's like, am I blue? <laughs> Am I blue? And Batman's comic <laughs> moments are like the best comic <laughs> moments. And this one has a lot of them too, which I think is pretty good. I'm surprised you didn't see, sing something from Deflator Mouse. <laughs> <laughs>